Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today on Sanctified in Truth, we're going to talk about prayers of lament as we read from Psalm 142. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. There's a type of prayer in the Bible that we often overlooked called lament. Lament is a type of theological complaint. It's us saying to God, we don't like the way life is. It's us expressing frustration to God. Now, often to our ears, this seems unspiritual. It may even seem sinful. But there's nothing wrong with these prayers. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, David was led to pray and record not just this prayer in Psalm 142, but multiple prayers in the Psalms. How in the world can lament be okay? Well, I think it's helpful for us to distinguish between offering a lament and just complaining. There's a few words I want to offer about biblical laments. First, laments are theological. A lament is a statement of faith because it acknowledges we live in a fallen world. And this world was not made to function the way that it currently does. Disease, death, poverty, suffering, affliction, they're all products of a post-Eden world. And they'll all be done away with in the new heavens and new earth. Laments mourn their presence and long for their destruction. Complaints, on the other hand are not about the world not being the way the world was created by God. They're just about the world not being the way I like. Laments also must be offered humbly. A lament says, I don't like the way life is, but I know I'm not God. A complaint says, I want things the way I want them, and that's the only right way, and that's the only good way. Laments allow that God may let us or even cause us to go through challenging seasons for a greater good in our life and to display His glory through our circumstances, and they're okay with that. Complaints, on the other hand, assume something to be deficient with the plan of God or even accuse God of a diminished love by our perception of our circumstances. It's okay for us to not like the path we're on in life. That's why God allows lament. But it is not okay for us to let sinful arrogance take such a hold on us that we put ourselves in the place of God. Laments cannot be the final word either. We offer laments in a fallen world, but laments will have no place in God's ultimate kingdom. In the new heavens and the new earth, there will be none. Since suffering is temporary, our laments must be as well. We'll spend eternity praising God, not lamenting. Lamentations are a path to praise. Complaints are just dead-end streets of discontentment. J.I. Packer summarizes the helpfulness of laments like this. Our laments are safe because we make them to our Father. They offer solace because it's good for our souls to share our trouble. They honor God by submitting to His person and will and they sanctify us through honestly bearing our hearts before God and adhering them to His ongoing purposes. My encouragement to you is don't be afraid of laments. 
God isn't. As we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of our passage today, we want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First, what does this passage call me to think and praise God about regarding his character or his actions? David says in verse 5 that God is his portion in the land of the living. To make sense of that, we got to go back to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, the land is divided up into portions, and each tribe is given a piece of the land that God had promised them, all except the Levites, because the Bible says God is their portion. What David is saying here is that God is all he needs. One of the reasons we lament is because we feel robbed or bereft of what we think we need in life. But David praises God because in the person of God, David realizes he has all he needs. Thank God that he's given you himself. And with that gift, we truly have abundantly more than we deserve. And we have all we will ever need. Our second question is, what do I need to pray for my own heart and life? In verse 1, David seeks grace. He's asking for God's undeserved love and kindness. Even in the midst of lament, he knows that what he needs most is God. More than a change of circumstances, more than a change in the behavior of others, David asks for grace. One of the ways our lament transforms into praise is when it passes through an understanding of grace. If we realize that we have nothing, that we deserve nothing, then we begin to grasp everything is grace. David is praying that God would transform his scream into a testimony of grace. This is what we need to pray first and foremost. Instead of beginning our prayers with a a request for a change outside of me, I need to pray that God would work a change inside of me, that I would see and praise his grace. The third question we want to ask is, what does this passage teach me to pray? David confesses that he's without resources. Literally, he is poor and he needs God's help. When we lament, we should not just pray for God to change our circumstances, but also for God to provide what is needed for me to work towards a change of circumstance. Ultimately, our only hope is God. But He can provide what we do not have so we can work toward wholeness. For instance... A person who has financial trouble may not just pray for a mysterious deposit to appear in their bank account, but for a new job that would provide financial help. A person with physical trouble may pray for instantaneous healing, but they may also pray for medical advancements or for strength to rehabilitate an injury. By all means, ask God to work instantly and miraculously to provide what you need but also pray for natural means for God to supply as you commit to use them for His glory. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we will discuss how to pray when we feel abandoned by God and read Psalm 22. May everything you say and everything you do today seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you that you would be sanctified in truth. Our closing prayer today comes from Arthur Bennett's collection called The Valley of Vision. 
This prayer is called a cry for deliverance. Heavenly Father, save me entirely from sin. I know I am righteous through the righteousness of another, but I pant and pine for likeness to thyself. I am thy child and should bear thy image. Enable me to recognize my death unto sin. When it tempts me, may I be deaf unto its voice. Deliver me from the invasion as well as the dominion of sin. Grant me to walk as Christ walked, to live in the newness of his life, the life of love, the life of faith, the life of holiness. I abhor my body of death, its indolence, envy, meanness, pride. Forgive and kill these vices. Have mercy on my unbelief, on my corrupt and wandering heart. When thy blessings come, I begin to idolize them and set my affection on some beloved object, children, friends, wealth, honor. Cleanse this spiritual adultery and give me chastity. Close my heart to all but thee. Sin is my greatest curse. Let thy victory be apparent to my consciousness and displayed in my life. Help me to be always devoted, confident, obedient, resigned, childlike in my trust of thee. To love thee with soul, body, mind, and strength. To love my fellow man as I love myself. To be saved from unregenerate temper, hard thoughts, slanderous words, meanness, unkind manners. To master master my tongue and keep the door of my lips. Fill me with grace daily, that my life may be a fountain of sweet water.